This is episode 104 with the CEO of the nonprofit Back on My Feet, someone recognized by Women's Running Magazine as a top game changer, Miss Katie Sherrod. All right, everyone, here we are again, another day, another episode of the Strength Running Podcast. And let me start by just saying thanks again to all of our listeners who took the podcast survey that we ran a couple weeks ago. It's still up at strengthrunning.com slash survey if you want to add in your two cents. And our last episode, number 103, goes into some of the lessons I learned from your feedback and where this show was going in the months and years ahead. So don't miss that if you want to know some of the details of that survey. Next, a little update on my training because I've had a big wrench thrown into my plans. Warrior Dash, the obstacle course race company, has gone out of business and they canceled all of their events. So there goes my ambition to dominate an OCR this fall. And some of you may actually know that back in 2012, I did a Warrior Dash with some friends and I happened to be in great shape. I started feeling competitive early in the race and I went after it. I ended up winning the heat that I was in and I had the fastest time of the two days by about a minute. Now, I did inadvertently skip an obstacle, so my win doesn't technically count, but I was hoping to have a comeback this year. I guess that's not going to happen, so my fall racing goals are still a bit in limbo, so stay tuned for that. I'd also like to thank Inside Tracker for making today's show possible. They test your blood to find any abnormalities, whether that's from stress, overtraining, injury, or even undertraining, and they can give you recommendations on how to get back into your preferred optimal zone. It's all very personalized. So go to insidetracker.com, and if you want to get one of their kits, use code STRENGTHRUNNING at checkout, and you'll save 10% on any test. All right, my friends. Let's get started with today's episode. I'm talking to the CEO of Back on My Feet, Katie Sherratt. If you don't know about this organization, and I certainly didn't before I prepped for this conversation, they're doing some really great work in the world. They help homeless folks turn their lives around through running. By committing to run three times a week early in the morning, they start building self-reliance, confidence, drive, and all the skills that we runners know come with running. And the great thing is that the program is incredibly successful. It's helped more than 7,000 people experiencing homelessness, and every dollar invested in Back on My Feet returns almost 250 to the local community. Now, that's a great ROI. We're going to be talking about how running is such a successful tool for helping people. And you'll notice how enthusiastic I am about running as a means to improve your life. I hope you enjoy it. Please welcome Ms. Katie Sherratt. Katie, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Strength Running Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm looking forward to speaking with you, Katie. I think that the work that you're doing is having a really big impact in the world, and you're using running to do that, which I think is just great. And uh, I think you joined back on my feet in 2012. Can you talk us a little bit about some of the reasons why you chose to work there and what drew you to the organization? Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, time flies when you're really enjoying what you're doing. 2012 is when I joined. And um, for me, I was working uh, in a consulting firm and I was doing a lot of work with various for-profit, non-profits. And I, I was uh, looking for a change. Um, and I came across back on my feet when a representative came in to talk about the program. Um, and it just made so much sense to me in terms of what I'd seen other organizations doing in the homelessness or anti-poverty space. 
Um, and I especially fell in love with the concept of using an activity like running as the catalyst. Um, the nature of, of running and what it you know does, does for me and, and does for many of the folks I know in terms of um, uh, the motivation that you feel, um, I just it made so much sense to me to connect that to people going through something, um, you know, as traumatic as homelessness um, and showing them and giving them like a positive outlet. Um, so I was super intrigued and I went on one of the morning runs um, and I'm not a morning person at all. So <laughs> that was fun. Um, and I got up and I went on the morning run and um, I was just introduced to what we call the morning circle. You know, we circle up, uh, we say the serenity prayer for those folks going through Alcoholics Anonymous and we um do a question of the day um so we learn a little bit about one another and then we go run and it was just so inspiring to see this community of people come together around a common activity that we can all do um and it's okay if you walk um just to you know to help people move their lives forward literally put one foot in front of the other um because that's literally the metaphor that we need to give them in terms of you know really getting back on their feet and finding a job and stabilizing housing and all of those things well it, it sounds really incredible and uh e even though you're not a morning person i'm <laughs> glad you went on that, that first run um now you are a runner which i think what i think is really interesting in the fact that uh it gives you a, a really strong perspective on the actual programming of back on my feet so what's your history as, as a runner so I, I, it's funny. Um, I, it took me a while to get comfortable saying I'm a runner because I'm surrounded by people at work, people who volunteer for us, people who sit on my board, who are, you know, kind of what people might call the true definition of runners in that they've run marathons and they've done ultras. And, and I never made it to a marathon. My hips gave out um, after I did a half. Um, I had two hip surgeries and then they found an autoimmune condition in my spine, which has caused my SI joint to fuse. So not to go into too much of my medical history, but that kind of curtailed my aspirations a little on the whole the marathon side of things. Um, so now I like to call myself a bit more of a you know, casual, supportive runner in the sense that, you know, you see me on one of our morning runs and I'm usually at the back with our walkers or our slow joggers because honestly for us, you know, it isn't about, you know, trying to compete with anybody else. It's about how far you can push yourself and how comfortable you are with pushing yourself and, and supporting our members at whatever stage of their running that they're at. So, um, you know, I've multi still see a physical therapist like three times a week and you know I go out I'm doing my two a two mile challenge a day at the moment because my, one of my hips is playing up again and um so yeah calling myself a runner always feels a little awkward to me because I feel like I'm not I'm not a marathoner right but you know some of our members are some of our members aren't and I think you know if running means something to you you're a runner I couldn't agree more. And as a running coach, I'm very adamant that anybody who runs is a runner, regardless yeah. of your personal favorite race distance, whether or not you've done a marathon. You know, I, I trained in, and competed in college, and we didn't run the marathon in college, but, you know, surrounded by guys who are running you know, close to four minutes in the mile, 410, 420 in the mile. And you'd be hard pressed to not call them runners. So I think anybody who is running somewhat consistently can can certainly call themselves a runner. Um, now, tell us more about Back on My Feet. This is uh, an organization that uh, I, I've only recently learned about, but it, the way that it 
attempts to solve a very big problem is just, you know, like you said, it, it, the the mechanism through running, it just seems very um, evident to me, maybe because I've personally seen the power of running for self, you know, personal improvement, self-development and things like that. You know, you really become a better person by working on your mental fitness and your physical fitness. Um, but tell me, what is what mm -hmm. is the goal of Back on My Feet? So the goal of Back on My Feet is to use the running and the community on those morning runs as a catalyst to help someone regain um, the belief in themselves, right? Because at the end of the day, so many folks going through homelessness or addiction are struggling with um you know some form of self-confidence some form of, of hopelessness in the in the situation they're in um and what running shows you is that what you're capable of achieving right so you know you can't run 10 miles till you've ran the first nine um you know it teaches our members so many lessons about what they are capable of achieving that they maybe never thought they were not many of our members will come to the morning circle that first day and say i'm a runner right? Like I, I'm, you know, I'm ready to go. Like, you know, let's, let's run. And um, most of them are apprehensive. Most of them, are, you know, will honestly say, Hey, I just wanted the free pair of sneakers. Um, right. And, um, they'll come out and then they'll, you know, they'll run that first mile and they'll start to be like, okay, I think I can run the second mile. You know, I think I'm going to do three miles on Wednesday. And then they get excited about the five K's and the 10 K's. I was just with the team this weekend in San Francisco and we had, um, so many members running the half marathon there and you know you've got guys that are running the half marathon you know sub two hours feeling super proud of themselves and then you've got one guy who walked and ran most of it because he's got arthritis in both of his knees but when he crossed that finish line that smile on his face and that sense of pride that he had that's translatable into him being able to rebuild his life and get his life back on track um there's nothing quite like a member's face when they cross a the finish line. I get choked up talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is something magical about that. And, you know, I, I can certainly attest to the power of running and seeing the, the development of yourself over time and the confidence that that gives you. Um, you know, I remember when I first started running, my big goal was to run a sub five minute mile. But if you ask mm -hmm. me a couple years later, after I'd already accomplished that, well, I had set my sights on even bigger and better running goals. And, you know, I tried to run two miles under a five minute mile pace. And then I had an audacious plan of running an entire 5k under five minute mile pace. And even though I never got there, it, it was such a worthy goal of uh, to pursue. And it really made me learn a lot about myself, including uh, the confidence that kind of lay inside of me. And uh, I, I can really yeah. see how that's super helpful for, for so many people. But Katie, why 5.30 in the morning? You said yourself, you're not a morning person. <laughs> why are you making everyone get up so hey, trust early? Me. Uh, trust me, ever since I've been running the organization, I've been like, guys, do you know what? We should probably change that time. Should we do evening runs? Should we do it slightly later in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> like 6.30, come on, let's be reasonable. Um, and uh, I've, I've got a lot of resistance because apparently we have a lot of morning people. But no, in all seriousness, um, the the uh, that time 
is is somewhat in some of our markets tied to uh, the facilities and the homeless shelters that we work with. You know, things that we wouldn't think about, like the members need to get back for a certain time to be there for breakfast, to be there for the showers, right, which are open by a certain time frame. And in some instances, in some of the shelters, they have to be out of that shelter during the day, right? Or they have to be back at a certain time for some of the programming um, that that shelter offers. So what we wanted, you know, what we had to do was kind of make sure that we could fit in with the members' schedule and in some markets we have pushed it we're doing kind of six in some you know some facilities 615 we try and evening runs in some places so you know there are opportunities for people to come out and be a part of what we do um, and not have to do it quite at 5 30 in the morning um but yeah a lot of it's tied to that and also you know volunteers um depending on the market if it's an early market where everyone's getting to work at 8 8 30 you know folks need to be up and running and done and home and showered and so a little bit of that but lastly I think what a lot of our members and our volunteers and our staff and even myself have felt it might seem really early but when you when you're done with one of our runs in the morning it sets you up for the entire day you know you're full of inspiration you're full of hope you're full of joy you just feel so much better it's not I mean our morning runs are not necessarily about getting the best workout in right in some instances they are because some of our members are really fast and I can't keep up but, you know, a lot of the time it's just about starting your day right, right? So, yeah, 5.30, I hear you. It is early. I'm working on it. <laughs> We're trying to push it as <laughs> well, much as we can. <laughs> I spent a long time getting up at 5 so that I could run at 5.30 before work. And uh, I will say that it's it, it does set your day up for success in a certain way. It gives you uh, just mm -hmm. a good outlook for the rest of the day. You feel like you've already accomplished something before most people have even gotten out of bed. Have you found that there's a certain psychological component to that, that even though it is, you know, for us non-early bird folks, god awful early, it, it doesn't it kind of give you a psychological advantage that can then carry over into the rest of your life? Yeah, well, I think it's a sense of achievement in itself, right? Like these guys... I mean, think about it. They're in homeless shelters and they're setting their alarms at, like, that's hard enough as it is, right? And they're setting their alarms at five o'clock to come out on a morning run at 5.30 in the morning, right? There's a lot of people out there that wouldn't even do that who are comfortably living in their own home, apartment, whatever. So I do think that, one, it shows how dedicated and committed and accountable our members are, which is not the traditional words that you would associate with individuals who are homeless or what maybe the general population wouldn't necessarily associate. Um, so I do think it also helps us from a program standpoint and a supporter standpoint to show our employment partners hey, well, these guys are, one of our guys says in our national video, actually, he's like, um, you know, if I can get up at 5.30 and go for a run, I can get up at 5.30 and go to work, you know? And, and, and I mean, it sounds simple and funny and it's, it's funny in the national video, but, it, you know, that's the reality. You know, our members are showing that they can commit and that translates to our employment partners, you know, feeling excited and enthused about employing them. And they really do get dedicated, accountable and committed staff. Um, and I think that's a part of it, right? It's that, you know, kind of um, teaching mechanism of like, you know, be committed, be dedicated. You will, get re you will get rewarded for that dedication and commitment. So there's a little bit of that to it as well. You know, it's funny you say that because I was once interviewing for a position and uh, it was in within the same company that I was already working in. And so I was already well known in the company as, you know, kind of that guy who goes running at 530 in the morning every day. And um, 
I remember the hiring manager tell me, even though that I didn't get the, this position, I was the it was down to me and another person out of almost 25 candidates. And he said, you know what, Jason, one of the reasons why we really like you is the fact that you're a runner. You're getting up very early in the morning and doing something that you love. And it's not easy to get up that early and go for a run. It's not like you're getting up early to, you know, have a morning cocktail and read the paper. <laughs> you know, you're actually getting up to uh-huh. do something challenging. And that, I think, does speak to someone who's well-rounded, someone who can commit, someone who can make sacrifices for something that's important to them. And and I am wholeheartedly in agreement that it's a valuable um, uh, trait that employers are looking for in, in their employees. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've helped so far over six and a half thousand individuals get employment. Um, and so many of our employment partners are clamoring to hire more. And we just want to work with more shelters, more facilities um, to get more folks um, basically on the path to self-sufficiency because we know they can achieve it. Not everyone in the homeless population. We're fully aware of the nuances and some of the mental health challenges and some folks just can't achieve that self-sufficiency. But for those that can, this program really does work. And the, the run-in is like that uh, perfect example of, of showing you what, you know, what you can achieve. It's challenging. It's, it's, uh, and so, yeah, most, a lot of our members really resonate with that aspect, but I'll be honest, there are members that, you know, one of our uh, program members in Boston, um, you know, she went from homeless to Harvard. It's one of, again, one of our stories on the website, but um, she never ran. She always walked. Right. She always walked, but she was always out there three times a week at that time in the morning, you know, speed walking. And um, for her, it was about being out there with the community and, and being with a, a fellow group of active minded individuals. Um, and that worked for her. Right. Because I do think it's very individual and what works for one person might be different for the other. So. Right. And I think at a certain level, it's not really the running that's important. It's it's just the commitment and and doing something uh, that will improve yourself and give you some of the tools necessary to then improve your life. Uh, now, Katie, I know you didn't found back on my feet. Uh, you came on as, I think, COO in 2012. But, you know, why running? Could you do the same thing with, with swimming, with cycling, with walking? Is, is there something unique about running that you chose or, or was chosen for kind of the morning activity? Well, I think um, the, the activity of running, right, is um, you don't need equipment. Right. You don't necessarily need a, a specialist skill set to know how to run two miles. Right. You don't need to be trained in a yoga move. Right. And I think so part of, of what the thinking behind it was that, you know, all anybody needs is a pair of sneakers and we can go running with them for one mile or two miles. Right. Or, or you know, start with walking and then build up to jogging and then build up to running. Um, and so I think just the, the nature, I mean, we're born to run. Right. And so I think just that nature of the activity being accessible. Um, I mean, we're also very inclusive. Like if we've got folks in the facilities, you know, we've got one guy in one of our facilities in New York who comes out with his walking stick. He's not going to be running you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but he's out there, he's doing the best he can, he's being a part of the team. Um, And so I just think the nature of running is um, also, we talked about it previously, but that challenging aspect to it, right? And then thirdly, the nature of 
runners are type A typically, right? Like you're not getting up at 5.30 or whatever time you get up and go and running and you, you there's a there's something around a runner and the, the language and the words you would use around a dedicated runner that you wouldn't necessarily use and talk about um, when as it pertains to someone um, in homelessness. So I think that changing of perceptions is really important and that juxtaposition. People ask me all the time, what do you do? And I'm like, I make homeless people run. And they're like, what is wrong with you? That doesn't sound like <laughs> a good idea. Um, and that, you know, I, cause I'm just like, well, I've got an elevator pitch and I, you know, I've got like 10 seconds to get this person to listen to me. And, you know, and that's when they go, well, and because it's so striking, it makes them ask, well, hang on a minute. Like, how does that work? And I'm like, well, let me tell you. And then I know I've got them locked in for more than an elevator pitch. Right. So I do think that there's something about the nature of putting those two words together and, and, you know, running and that, that just, um, is, is striking to a lot of folks and starts the conversation and um, and it's also an activity that you know most of us do on our own right with our music in or no music it depends um and what we do is like we have this whole mantra around no one runs alone and so all of our members are running with volunteers in the community on in you know monday wednesday friday 5 45 it's they're running together and they're you know as you're working through you know you know running at that time in the morning which you know for anyone can sometimes be a little challenging you know you it, it sort of forces you to open up about life right because you're you're uncomfortable right you're out there you're running four three miles whatever it is it's that time in the morning and you just you know it, it kind of it breaks down barriers and you just have real life conversations and that creates relationships for our members that they would never otherwise have and for our volunteers, they get to be doing an activity they love and using that activity for good, right? So I just think it, it's um, the nature of it made it something where, you know, if you're on a bike, you're not going to be having conversations with the person next to you, right? This, this is this the community aspect of what we do is critically important and is that that differentiator. Um, and you can you can build a community around running. Yeah, you sure can. And, you know, it's something that is just so front and center to me as a running coach and as someone who has, you know, the the experience of being on a cross country and indoor track and an outdoor track team for eight years in a row. I mean, I just saw firsthand the things that you can accomplish when you have uh, supportive people around you. And, and I think that's mm-hmm. one of the most uh, attractive pieces to the Back of Mayfee program to me when I look at it is is that community aspect. Um, how how does the, how do you use the community in the programming to help members become more independent and to to get control of their lives? Yeah, so we've talked about you know the nature of the morning runs and how they're out there with volunteers in the community. I mean, a lot of our members are like, are these why are these guys here? They they they're almost mistrusting and shocked initially as to why are these folks coming out um, at all. Why do they want to be around us? Right? They've probably spent some of their lives being ignored, being you know walked past on the street, whatever that might be. And so ju- just the nature of having folks out with them on those morning runs and and having regular conversations with them about what's coming up in their day day and breaks down the barriers as I said and and, and builds our members up and opens up their eyes to other other ways of life and opportunity you know a lot of our volunteers are the very people that help refer us to jobs right they've got networks within the local community they might know you know the the guy that runs a local grocery store they can help us get connected Um, but I think more than that you know we'll bring our members to 5k's in the community we'll bring them to 10k's you know we were just at the San Francisco Marathon 
this weekend and we had a tent there and our members are being brought into a community in a world that they would never otherwise have exposure to. And so, you know, that they, they start to feel part of the community again and not isolated and not a quote unquote problem as some people might say that see perceive them to be right they're part of the community um doing something great uh, for themselves but also to help themselves get back on their feet so they can be great contributors to this to the local community too um by the way um the san francisco marathon winner one of our volunteers and our fundraiser and he had our shirt on at the finish line and he talks about back on my feet and how inspiring it was to train with our members oh that's incredible so there <laughs> that's you go. great yeah, Greg, Greg Billington. Yep. <laughs> so that was that was really inspiring for our members, right? You know, so our members are there running the half marathon, and, and the Greg, who they trained with on those Saturday morning training runs, won the whole thing. Right? I mean, that's that's the community you create, and that's the community of inspiration and hope for our members. Um, and we do do other aspects with them, right? So you know, the programming on the the next step side where when they've committed to the running based aspect, they get access to training, education, employment opportunities. We bring other types of community to them, right? So volunteers from Accenture, volunteers from Ernst & Young, volunteers from Bank of America, Ace Cash Express, Wells Fargo, any of our programming partners that come in and do financial literacy, resume building, all of that, they'll get, you know, they'll be interacting with another type of individual within the community again broadening the horizons um and we do health and wellness training because we all know you know as runners that you know, to stay a healthy runner right there's there's ways you can you can eat there's things stretches and things that you can be doing there's other you know fitness activities that may complement your running so we'll bring um partners to the table that will help. So, you know, Lululemon, for example, here do yoga with us um, and other workouts with us. Again, just to, again, broaden our members' horizons to various various other fitness opportunities and to keep them healthy while they're running. Um, Cigna does a health and wellness class with us about, you know, how to eat on a budget and things like that. Um, so, yeah, really, um, it's really holistic. Um, and, we you know, we really do believe in the, in the reason our program's so sustainable um, you know, over 80% of the members that get jobs keep them is because we have this holistic health and wellness aspect. That running aspect, whether they become a marathoner or they walk most of those mornings, it brings them into a world of health and wellness and they, they always want to continue that. And that makes them more sustainable in their recovery, more sustainable in their um, journey to self-sufficiency. You know, you might be talking about back on my feet right now, but this is a glowing endorsement of running itself and just the way that it can <laughs> build upon your mental strengths and your mental fitness and create self-confidence and drive, um, but also improve your health. And, you know, I think as soon as someone really gets into running, then they start paying attention to all the other things in their life that can either help or hurt their running, how much sleep they're getting, how much they might be drinking, uh, what kind of stress levels they have in their life, if they're doing any strength training or mobility work. Um, all these different things are just so helpful for runners. And you know, once you start becoming a runner, you start developing the habits, which I think is the most important part here, the habits that then will carry you to success later in life. Um, now, Katie, I know you've talked about a couple uh, success stories, you know, I think uh, from homeless to Harvard was was probably the most dramatic one. But sh can you share some more with us? What kind of impact has Back on My Feet had in the world? 
Yeah, so I mentioned earlier, you know, the number of members that we've we've helped get employed, the six and a half thousand and some of the sustainability metrics. But I think some of the individual member stories, we hear about a lot of them um, at some of our events. And, you know, there's plenty of events that people can check out on the website that they can attend, some running base, some not. And you hear about these member stories and so much of the time, for example, one of the ones we had recently at um, the New York Gala um, was an individual who was a veteran and he'd suffered an injury in service. Um, so he left the, he'd left the service um, and that injury plagued him. And he was told by his doctors, you're never going to be exercising, you're never going to run again. Um, and uh, But he came and out on a back on my feet run. Um, and he, you know, he started with walking. We connected to some of our partners that do physical therapy. And uh, now he's out running and I see it on his Instagram page. He's out running so, so many days of the week. Um, so from being told you're never going to run um, from a serious injury that he suffered in service to now being a regular runner, running, he's run a marathon. Right. So, and he's successfully back in the community. He has a job thanks to our support. And also, and really importantly, he's reconnected with his family. So he lost his family through um, his addiction that, you know, he went through after he came out of service. And, you know, actually at the gala, he asked his ex-wife to remarry him. And she said yes. Um, oh, so beautiful. he's, you know, back, re back reunited. And um, through all of it, running a state at the core right? Like he still goes out on a run and you see it. You see him using running as the inspiration to keep going. And when he has a tough day, he goes out for a run. And that's the nature of what we do. So many of our members have been through some form of addiction and the running has become integral to their recovery, right? It's become a really key component of them having a really successful recovery and sustainable recovery. Um, and I just, there's so many of those stories. Um, uh, that you they, and sometimes the impact isn't quantifiable, right? That family reunification aspect isn't necessarily quantifiable, but that running literally brought a family back together. Yeah, I mean, that's probably one. I don't of the need most, to quantify that to be powerful. <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the most powerful kinds of success stories that you can have. Uh, and mm -hmm. and I love that mm -hmm. through it all in your in your example that you just used. You know, this this person is still running, and they're using running as as a pillar in their life. It's the foundation of of some stability and. Uh, I, I think running does have the power to be that, to give people inspiration Absolutely. when they might be down, to give them even more lift and drive when things are going well, because you get excited about the progress that you're experiencing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think running is just such a, an incredible platform for launching all kinds of uh, personal improvements. Um, now, I'm sure over the years, your experiences have taught you just all kinds of lessons. And so I was curious, what have you learned over the last seven years or so at Back on My Feet about, um, you know, not just running, but, you know, the community or combating homelessness or addiction? Um, I'm, I'm sure you just have so many different experiences that you can draw from. Yes, I mean, so, so many things constantly learning. And I feel like, um, for me, I mean, this was my first CEO role, right? Um, and so that in itself was a challenge. And I think um, I learned so much about what we do as a community 
on those morning runs and how we open up, how we have our members open up to volunteers and, and, you know, you really sort of embrace one another in terms of what you're going through. I kept such a distance for so long. Like I'm, I'm British at heart. So like we're pretty reserved anyway. And I kind of felt like I had to sort of step back and keep a distance and had to keep, you know, uh, things extremely professional and I couldn't let anybody in and I had to do, and honestly, like those morning runs and that community and our members and, and, and the inspiration that gave me broke me down in a good way. Right. So that I feel like, you know, they, they've taught me I'm having a bad day at the office and they're like, Katie, go out on a run. Right? And it's like, I knew running was that for me before, right? But running before was kind of like exercise. It wasn't therapy. Now it's therapy, right? It's kind of like, I, if I'm having a bad day, I'm having a struggle, I go out on a run and I feel so much better. And I think about the members and what they're working towards and what they're working through. So I think it's kind of, it's taught me to lead in a different way. And that's been an evolution over the last seven years. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing that it's taught me, um, quite honestly, is um, we have such huge potential for growth at Back on My Feet. Um, sadly so, right? Like, I'd, I would I would ideally love it if there weren't, you know, that many shelters and facilities we could be working with across the country um, and even in some of the cities we're in in terms of ones we could expand to, but there are. And so we just took the organization through a complete reorganization and, um, it was pretty, pretty bold. Um, I'm so proud of the leadership team um, who worked through that with us. And you know what, to get me through that, what did I do? I went on a run pretty much every day because it's super stressful, right? You know, you're reorging, you're changing things for the sake of the members so that we can be serving so many more of them in a more impactful way. Um, but yeah, running got me through that. Um, it's got me through so much. And I think it's, it's made me embrace and look at running in a different way than I did before. Um, which has been pretty amazing. Yeah, I think a lot of runners find that running gives them different things at different stages of their life. And mm -hmm. so, you know, certainly mm -hmm. when I started running, I was single-mindedly focused on just becoming the best runner I could be. So I was just all about, you know, what are my personal bests? How can I get faster across, you know, all the distances that you race and cross country and track? And now that I'm older, you know, I have three kids and, and I'm, you know, kind of just, just peaking past my physical prime now. I realize that running is, is different for me now. And, you know, I'm a part of the running community in a different way now than I was, you know, 15 years ago. Now I'm a running coach and I do this podcast and where I get to talk to really interesting people about, uh, what they're doing in the running community. And so I think, uh, the, the, one of the really attractive things about running is that no matter where you are in life, it has the potential to keep pushing you forward and keep moving you forward. No matter if you're training for speed, if you're training just for general health or training to clear your head in the morning before a stressful day at work, I think running is, is such a powerful force in people's lives. Yeah, no, it really is. And I think that, you know, you said it beautifully when you said it, it really is something that can and help you, um, you know, achieve things that you maybe didn't think you could achieve. And, and as you're achieving that, like, as you're working through those challenges, it helps you kind of overcome them and manage them better and relieve stress and all of those things. But you did mention you're a coach and, uh, I wish you lived in San Francisco where I am, cause I do need a running coach, but never mind. <laughs> next time, if you're ever in town, if you're ever in town, <laughs> love to go for a run. Yeah, I certainly need good. it. I need the tips. <laughs> now, now, Katie, you mentioned a, a reorg. You mentioned some some new and different mm -hmm. things that you guys are doing. Uh, so, what is next mm -hmm. for Back on My Feet? Where Where do you plan on going in the next couple of years? 
So we just launched in Denver, which was really exciting. And we are going to be um, expanding in a number of our markets that have a really big, you know, market potential in terms of the number of shelters and facilities that we could work effectively with. So we'll be looking to expand New York, L.A., Chicago in particular, as well as launching in a number of new markets. We are looking at Florida um, as a big market for us, as well as looking at regionally, you know, adjacent to some of the areas we're already in. For example, we're in Dallas and Austin. We'd love to be in Houston. You know, we're in Philadelphia and New York. We should be in New Jersey. So we're we're really looking at that strategically to figure out, um, you know, how to how to grow into new markets effectively while still supporting and growing our existing markets that have big potential. Um, we're also, um, as we look to evolve and change like figuring out how we um, work better with our alumni members so when we say alumni that's someone that's gone through the program you know successfully achieved self-sufficiency um, and a lot of them want to give back and whether that's you know fundraising or uh, you know running a race for us or just connecting with their fellow alumni or helping us recruit more members from facilities so we're really looking at you know creating an even, an even broader community with our alumni network um, because there's no one better to talk about our program and, and what it does and how it can transform your life than one of our alumni members. So we've hired actually a couple of our former members who were in the program um, who are now alumni. We've actually hired into a couple of our markets. So we have one in New York who's an alumni coordinator and he's building our program in there. Because the thing is, you can't just you can't do what we do, create that level of community and then it just it just stops. Right. That's not going to work. That's what's broken in a lot of the system of homelessness in general is that people don't have that community. So we create it, we build on it and we keep building on it. Now, Katie, let me ask you, are, are you hoping to be so successful that you essentially put yourself out of business? I, I, yeah, you want me to be honest? <laughs> it's like, kind of a provocative I, question, I, I, I know. It is no, it's no, and I, and this is what I say. Like I, I would prefer not to be, you know, sitting here with twenty more markets that we could go to, right? I would prefer this country to not have this challenge. I think there are a myriad of reasons why it does, um, but I know that we can be super effective for a certain portion of individuals struggling through homelessness that wouldn't otherwise be successful without our support, and that community aspect is what's missing. Right. You, you know, you're, work, you're living in homelessness, you're living in a shelter and, you know, they're, they're just, you know, helping you get a job. Right. I mean, if you've lost all self-confidence, um, a lot of our members don't feel any level of self-worth in the beginning. They don't um, they're not very trusting of any systems. What we do is, is build up relationships and help them build themselves back up through running. Right. And then they're so much more ready to get a job and keep a job. That's what's different about any other organization out there tackling um, the issue of homelessness. And so, you know, yeah, I would love if we weren't needed everywhere, but we're needed everywhere. Um, and so and while that's the case, we'll be we'll be going to every city that needs us um, and building out in the cities that, that really need us. So, Katie, if any of our listeners would like to learn more about Back on My Feet or get involved potentially uh, as a volunteer or, or even as a more, mm -hmm. sub in a more substantial role, where can they go and how can they learn more? 
they can go to our website, uh, www.backonmyfeet.org. Definitely check out the national video and I dare you not to well up and, and, and cry at some of the amazing member transformation stories. Um, there's also an events page um, that highlights all of our upcoming events in the various chapters, uh, as well as you'll be able to scroll down. There's a big map that shows all the locations we're in, 13 and counting, and you can click on one of those if it's your location and you can find out how to join a morning run if you're interested or how other volunteer opportunities. And if you don't see us in the city that you're in, send us an, inf- uh, an email at info at backonmyfeet.org because we tally that and that is a key consideration for which markets we launch in when. And um, we're always looking for people that want to support bringing us to their, to their market. Um, and they can also follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram too, Katie Sherrett. Um, but yeah, go ahead, contact us, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Now, you mentioned opening recently in Denver. That's that's where I am right now. And uh, what other mm-hmm. cities are you planning on opening in soon? So we have uh, Florida is on the map. Fort Lauderdale specifically is on the map. Houston is also uh, in conversations. Um, and uh, depending on a, on a grant that we're in the in the mix for, which hopefully will come through, there could be at least two other cities added to that mix for 2020. Um, so stay tuned. Follow us on all of those social spaces and you will find out as soon as we as soon as we're ready to alert the world to to the new market. Well, terrific, Katie. Thanks so much for, for being here and, and sharing the story of back on my feed and, and I hope that you guys continue to have so much success for your members in the years ahead. I really like what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you for having us on. Thank you. Hey, it's Jason. I hope you enjoyed this chat with Katie. If you'd like to get more involved with Back on My Feet as a volunteer, head on over to backonmyfeet.org to see if they have an active chapter in your area. And a big thanks to Inside Tracker for sponsoring today's show. They're a health analytics company that tests for over 40 different major blood biomarkers. And based on your unique physiology, offer custom solutions to help you optimize any areas that are outside of your normal zones. So if you are training for a difficult race, if you want to ramp up your recovery, you're feeling a little bit sluggish, or you're just a passionate running geek like me who's always searching for more ways to improve, you can get 10% off any test at insidetracker.com with the code STRENGTHRUNNING. It's not case sensitive, and it can be used for any tier, from the very affordable do-it-yourself kit to the ultimate package, which is what I got when I got my blood tested. Just use code STRENGTHRUNNING to claim your 10% savings at Inside Tracker. Just don't do what I did and get a bunch of blood drawn in the morning, only to go summit a mountain at altitude an hour later. Some lessons just have to be learned the hard way. All right, thanks so much for listening to today's show. And as always, if you have any feedback or questions for me, don't hesitate to reach out. My email is support at strengthrunning.com, and I'm here to help. Talk to you soon.